Hi, I'm Paul Simpson from the Football Club. Welcome to the Brunton Bugle. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Kainite fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McClennan. Seven defeats in a row for the Blues as hopes of surviving the battle against relegation begin to rapidly fade. Can Paul Simpson turn things around or are the Blues destined for the drop? We review the defeat to Cambridge and look ahead to the Bristol Rovers game this weekend. Yeah, Dan, seven defeats in a row now. It's mm. it's not looking good in terms of survival right now, is it? I think it's fair to say. When, when I predicted 5-0 last week... <laughs> It was for Carlisle, not for him. <laughs> you know, I didn't you, get the wrong CUFC or anything. Yeah, you, but, uh, you were very nearly right there at the end, though, weren't you? Very nearly was for I think but... I think last week, even the most, you know, I'm probably one of the most, I can't think of the word. Optimistic. Yeah, optimistic. Positive. Were drained last Saturday, you know. I'm, I'm the same as you, mate. I think. For, I mean, been... as, as, as long as it's possible, I always believe. Yeah. But the believability percentage has reduced incredibly. Yeah, and, I, and look, I'm like you. Are you? We, we are, but probably two of the most optimistic Carl fans you'll come yeah. across, and you know, always look for the positive side of it. Put it this way: our odds for relegation and our one to two hundred fifty. Genuinely. Wow. Okay, well, that, that that pretty much yeah. tells you all you need to know there, yeah. doesn't it? Because uh, of our goal difference, we're actually five wins behind Mel. Yeah, realistically. There's no point even worrying about the goal difference anymore. You know, that, that, that's long gone. And it's kind of, it, we'll touch on it a bit. But it, 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 I know I keep bringing it up, but Colum Guy's absence has really hit us, hasn't it? Because that's the point where it really dropped off a cliff in terms of defensively. We just really, really struggled from that point onwards, which is pretty sad, to be honest. But but there you go. Um Right, uh, on today's episode, obviously, we're going to be looking back on that game against Cambridge. Um, We'll be doing a bit of news as well to start things off. Um, We'll then look ahead to the Bristol Rovers game. We're having a chat with Charlie from the uh, Talking Gas podcast. Um, And then me and Dan will look ahead to the Bristol Rovers game. We'll also have a little sort of brief look at the Burton game because we're not going to have time to do a full preview for the Burton game over the weekend. So, so yeah, um, we will... um, try and get that sort of covered off slightly as well in that point as well. Um, but yeah, other than that, basically let's get started. So first up, obviously, a reminder, our sponsors this season are the Cali Knight Sports Club London Bunch. London Bunch does lots of great stuff for the club in terms of fundraising. They also do a lot of good stuff for exiles in terms of arranging tickets and travel for away games. And you can join them wherever you live in the world. It doesn't really matter if you live on, you know, in the Timbuktu or somewhere like that or Outer Mongolia, you can join them. Um if you want to find out more about them, go to the website, carlislelondonbunch.org, or just grab one of the guys at one of the games. Like this weekend at Bristol Rovers might be a good chance because I'm sure there'll be a very decent contingent travelling over on the uh, is it the, the Great Western line, I think, isn't it, over that way, Dan? You'll remember better than me. Is it Great Western? Oh, from London to yes, Bristol. Yes, is, Great it? Western, yes. yeah. Yes, it is, yes. Paddington. Yes, you're absolutely right. I used to travel that quite a lot, so I should remember that really, but there you go. Uh, right, let's get into it then. Uh News first, um, just a few bits in terms of reserve and, and sort of youth games, really, isn't it? Um, first up, um, something that sort of emerged late last week. Uh, United played a reserve game against Rangers. 
on Monday against Rangers' B team. It was a strong United uh, side that uh, lined up against the Gers, and it ended a 1-1 draw, this one. Um, Telechart scoring. Was a, it, it was what? a strong Rangers side as well. Yeah. There were several first-teamers in that. Uh, I mean, a, a lad who was playing, of, I say playing for Liverpool, he was in Liverpool's squad, wasn't he? Not long ago as well, and Ben Davis was in there, wasn't he? Yeah, from Barrow, Ben Davis, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he is indeed. Um, but no, yeah, there was there was several. No, I was going to say there was several in that Rangers team that have been in and around the first team this season. So it certainly wasn't a kids' eighteen or anything. No, absolutely not. And uh, yeah, in the end, one-one draw, pretty respectable result with a strongish team. And um, Taylor Chatter scored a penalty, and Rangers equalised late on. Uh, from what? Gavin Skelton said he seemed quite impressed with the attitude of the players, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, I've I've heard that apparently Dylan McGeoch was our best player. Mm, interesting. Now, Dylan McGeoch was at Celtic, so he probably raises his game a little bit, you know, <laughs> Rangers, yeah. Old Firm, etc. And someone just made an interesting point on the uh, Buzz's Back forum mm. a little while ago that McGeoch was man of the match against Bristol Rovers up at Brenton Park. He was. That was his first start, wasn't it, I think, if I remember right? Mm. Because, because that was could, the first could game. He en- could he yeah. enter the equation this week? He could, potentially. I mean, I feel that was the first game after Callum Guy got his injury, actually, wasn't it, Bristol Rovers, if I remember rightly? Seems to ring a bell in my head, that. So, yeah, possibly. Yeah, it could be interesting to see whether he comes back into it. He's, he's kind of a sort of forgotten man, isn't he, really? He's a strange one. Uh, McGeoch really you know big expectations when he signed in the summer and he's just really not managed to quite achieve it has he um, the, the team for United was breezing nets with a defensive back Robinson uh, Huntington and Green, and then into midfield you had uh, McCalment uh, McGeoch Harris and then a sort of I think we think a front three of Butterworth Dudick and Charters on the left possibly we think don't we it's, it's quite hard to tell but um, yeah uh, no, sorry, Aaron Fitzpatrick came on as a sub for Jack Robinson on 16 minutes, and that was the only sub that was made. So, interesting to see whenever any of those players sort of make a sort of case for a start this weekend, because I think Simo did say, didn't he, say that every single position's up for grabs, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, a couple of little bits. Uh, interesting one, this one, the Fudlick Cup. Um, for those who aren't aware, this is like a, it's like in a youth competition, isn't it? Damn, it's been going for years and years. Yeah, yeah. So it's I think it's under fifteen level it is basically. So United's under fifteen side have actually reached the knockout stage of this for the first ever time. Um and they're gonna be playing Crew Alexandra. Uh and this game's gonna take place next Monday, Monday the twenty sixth of February, at Brunton Park. Um the B stand's gonna be over this one. Tickets are just two pounds. Get yourself down and give give the young lads a good cheer on, really, because it's it for those young lads, there's maybe only one or two of them might make it at United, mightn't they? So they've got a chance to play on the pitch at Brunton Park in under the lights. It must be really exciting for them, mustn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're lucky if from the under 15s in a year's time, maybe four or five of them will get offered a scholarship. Yeah, and you know, of that, you, you're lucky if one or two will sign professional. You know, yeah, it's a great opportunity for them. And if if you're not doing anything, it's it's well worth going down. Yeah, and obviously Crew have got a, a very good reputation in terms of their youth uh, academy, haven't they? So it'll be a tough game for them. So hopefully they can get a result from it. There you go. 
Um, and just one of a little bit of news, uh, another date that's been confirmed. That's the semi-final of the Cumberland Cup, the Fred Conway Cumberland Cup. United are going to face Whitehaven Miners Social. Terrific, though, isn't it, really? <laughs> um, they're going to be facing them on Tuesday, the 5th of March at Brunton Park. Again, game's going to kick off at 7pm and tickets are priced at £3 for over-18s and £2 for under-18s. So get yourself down to, to watch that one. The, it'd be, so I'd imagine it'd be a mix of a youth and a few of the professionals, I'd imagine, for that one. I, I, I would have thought, probably. I don't think he's going to put... Yeah. He's not likely to put as strong a team out as he did against Rangers. I think it's fair to say for that one. Um, right, let's get into it. Call United nil. Cambridge United 4. Um... Right, uh, I was just going to say I've had a fantastic uh, apple crumble <laughs> recipe sent in. Go on, and, uh, go on. Teddy Ablade is going to cook it with us. Uh, it's it's fantastic. The, the Moscovado sugar he uses just gives it a a fant- fantastic bake. And, you know, oh, do we really have to talk about it? Uh, I think we do, unfortunately, Dan. Um, I, That's I didn't... the football, not the apple crumble. Yeah, thank you to the person on Twitter. I can't remember it was now. You, you probably have it handy there, uh, Dan, who did ask if we could uh, talk about food recipes instead of um, basically uh, <laughs> the football itself, didn't he? It's, uh, it just wasn't a good day at the office. And, but you know what? I say that. First 15 minutes, and you know, it's easy to say this, but first 15 minutes, we were on top and we created two or three good chances. And you thought, okay, you know, this this is actually working quite well. And then they just switch off. It was Reva Phil who tweeted us. Yes, Reva Phil, sorry. Yeah, I'm yes. Phil, yeah. Yeah, I know Phil as well. So, yeah, no, um, good good to, um, yeah, it's, unfortunately, there was a debate as well, I think Mike started on there, didn't he, about is it Cheese XL or XL Cheese? And the vote was near enough 50-50, wasn't it? Which was quite funny. Um, yeah, let's talk about the game then. <sighs> So lineup wise, two changes from the defeat to Portsmouth. Ellison Armour came in at fullback in place of uh, Robinson and Back, who dropped out the uh, squad. Sean Maguire also missed out because of a knock, and that meant Anton Dudek took his place on the bench. Um, it's basically the team he was going to play at Burton, isn't it? I think Simo said this after the game, didn't he? That you basically went with the team he was going to start with against Burton. Um. <sighs> Pretty much, it's 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 a tough one at the moment because there's there's not a huge amount of other options, is there? Really, in terms of what we to pick for the team, maybe pushing Mellish back into defence, I suppose. But especially in attack, basically, it, it, it picks itself, really, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, we're exceptionally light because Sean, Sean. Sorry, I've I've got hiccups as we're recording <laughs> today. If anyone wonders what's going on, um, Sean Maguire has a, a slight knock, mm. which has made him unavailable. And basically, Armstrong plays unless he gets injured at the moment, doesn't he? Oh, there was a little bit of worry earlier in the game, actually, because he picked up a knock, didn't he? And it was kind of like, oh, that's the last thing we need to see is him go down <laughs> injured. But thankfully, he was fine. Um, yeah, so as I mentioned, Dan, like the first 14 minutes or so, playing all right, weren't we, actually? We, we, we played some all right stuff. If if we get that penalty shout given and score, it's a completely different game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Before we even talk about the goals, and let's talk about that, the penalty shot. So actually, we played some nice football. We tried to keep the ball down. We tried to keep possession. And early on, that really helped us. And there was one great little moment. It's a lovely turn by um, Josh Vella on the edge of the box. But in doing the turn, he takes the ball just a little bit too far away from himself, doesn't he? And gives the keeper a chance to come out. But do you think he's fouled by the defender? Well, 
if the referee's saying it's not a foul, then the train of thought where I was was, well, are you saying he's dived? Yeah. Because if you're saying he's dived, you've got to book him. The only argument I can see is he's maybe saying it's shoulder to shoulder, and that's what mm-hmm. his argument is. But actually, yeah. it's not. When you look back at it, for me, it's very hard to tell from the camera angle on the stand as to whether it's a foul or not. There's no pit. There's not been pitch side blues for a couple of games now, isn't there? If there was pitch side blues, you'd maybe be able to see if there was a clearer contact. But you can't. Yeah. You just. It's really hard to tell. It. It's one of those fifty-fifty ones, isn't it? If it's given. I don't think the defender's going to be able to argue too much, but if it's not given, you're probably going to say, well, it probably was a bit soft. So, yeah, kind of frustrating in that sense. Um, so, yeah, we were on top to that point, and then and then came the opening goal. Um, it's a fairly decent move by Cambridge, one, isn't it? You know, nice little flick by Taylor, plays it into Lancaster, and he sort of plays it out to Kai Kai, who Ellis probably should get a bit tighter to him, maybe. But what he does really well, Kaika, with this goal is he uses Ellis as a screen, doesn't he? And he curls the ball right round him and, and Lewis just can't see it and he's got no chance of stopping it. And it's a nice finish, but it was a real sinking feeling, wasn't it? That ball hit the back of the net. Of like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, you can see at the moment that, you know, we go a goal down, we as fans know we're not scoring enough at the moment. Mm-hmm. At best, we're getting a draw, and you could sort of see it in the players a little bit, and it just drained them, didn't it? It just because it was such a simple goal as well. I think that really sort of it. Um, I think that sort of cemented it. Really, wasn't it? It wasn't like it was like a they completely tore us apart. A couple of quick, simple passes over to the left side, use the defenders as a screen, bang back of the net. It's it's just. There's just a feeling of a little bit of weakness in the team at the moment, isn't there? Really, there's not really a, a bit of fight in there. Um, rest of the half was pretty straightforward. Vela had a header that was straight at the keeper, easily saved. John Mellish's penalty shot. I think this one looked a bit more debatable than um, than thing. I think the keeper gets a good hand to the ball. To be fair, I don't think it's a dive, but I think the keeper actually got a hand to the ball. So it's, it's fair enough. Not a penalty that one. I don't know what you thought on it. No, not for me. Uh, but you know, as I said. Once we go behind, we just it just falls apart. It really does. Into the second half, um, and it was pretty balanced, wasn't it? <laughs> there wasn't a huge amount to pick. I think Cambridge were probably having the better chances. Um, but then let's talk about the second goal. I didn't really want to talk about it, but it, it's just a shambles, isn't it? Yeah, it's you know we watched them in the flesh. And I actually deliberately didn't watch them Saturday night or Sunday. I waited until Monday. Yeah. And they looked as bad on Monday. For this one, by this point, it was absolutely chucking down. Like, the, the, the rain was really coming down quite heavy. The ball from the right is played in it. It does skip up off the service. I'll give it that. For me, the big problem with it is, so basically Lewis comes out and tries to claim the ball quickly in his hands ends up just palming it straight into Lavelle and it hits Lavelle and Lavelle can't do anything about it. It goes into the back of the net and it's, you know, 2 deal. And at that point, you're like, yeah, that is pretty much game over now. Um, for me, the big problem is I feel like 
Lewis is trying to get the game started too quickly there. He's, he's he, what he's problem is he's already thinking of I want to catch this ball and get it kicked quickly or get it thrown quickly and, and start a quick counter attack instead of actually concentrating on claiming the ball. So as a result, he's so, so on the front foot. He's so pushing forward. He ends up not catching the ball. He ends up palming the ball into Lavelle, and that's why it just needs a bit of calmness and just take a bit of the edge. I mean, it's just a bad goal, isn't it? Really, to be honest. Yeah, incredibly bad. And, you know, I've heard a few people criticising Lewis, saying, you know, he's not looking at upgrade and should have just stuck with Breeze. I think people, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I think people are getting a little bit too overexcited about Breeze in his few games, really. I, I still think long-term Lewis is going to be a good goalkeeper for us. And there's a danger of us, you know, especially because he's a local lad, thinking that Breeze is definitely the solution there. I think he's well worth us persevering with in terms of developing him. But I think we have to be careful with that one. Um, three minutes later, and it, it really was game over, wasn't it? Kachunga getting the third goal. Taylor able to get in far too easily down the left. Great ball in, to be fair, the outside of his boot. And Kachunga just throws himself at it, heads it in the back of the net. And bang, at that point, mass exodus, wasn't it, really? <laughs> Understands people yeah. had enough. Um, and then fast forward another 11 minutes and uh, the icing on the cake for, for the visitors. And this one, this one is just... I think I found this one probably more infuriating than the second goal, if I'm honest. So it's a high looping ball back into the box after a corner was cleared. And first of all, can Harry Lewis come and claim this ball, Dan? Uh, yes and no. I, I kind of feel like he, he... I feel like the problem is, I think if Thomas Holy's in goal, he comes and claim, claims that. Because he's got the height and he know he can trust himself to do it. I don't. F- I think, especially considering what happened with palming the ball against Lavelle for the own goal, I think that might be playing on his mind. I'm thinking I don't want to spill this ball. Yeah, As it is, Lavelle gets bullied off the ball far too easily by Ryan Bennett. He's got to be stronger there, hasn't he? Yeah, he has to be stronger. Uh, I, I just think by this point. The entire defensive unit's just gone, you know. Yeah, obviously we made some sort of subs at that point. Ellis has come off, hasn't he, for, for Dudik and um, Barkley's gone to right back. I saw some people actually blaming Barkley for the, in the third goal, saying, you know, he was too far afield. Actually, it's a bad pass by Villa. It was really easily intercepted. It left the gap there where Barkley had been pushing forward. Um, nearly 5-0 late on, but a great save actually from Lewis, to be fair, when the Lovers played through on goal. Kept spread himself wide and showed, you know, he has got that quality in terms of his shot saving. But all in all, bad day at the office, really. Like, it's just, it's frustrating, actually, though, Dan, because let's, let's go back and look at the stats here, right? So I'm looking at the stats. Um, shots on target, shots and including on target. So we had 15 shots, three on target. They had 11 shots, four on target. There's not a massive amount of difference between the two teams. It's just they were clinical with their chances, weren't they? Yeah, uh, there's been a couple of games this season where that's happened. I, th- I think it was Reading away. Yeah, I think we both had seven shots. The difference is they scored five of theirs. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, it doesn't always tell the full story. Uh, we we have shots, but they're not really shots because you can't really remember our chances in most games at the moment. No, so. no, that's true. I think Gibson was probably our best attacking threat once again in this one, wasn't he, in terms of 
getting shots off and things like that and trying to create stuff. But um, yeah, overall, we, let's ask the open question here, Dan. Where do we actually go from here? Because we we just need to get some results, some sort of result. A nil-nil draw, I think, at the moment would do us quite well, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, a, a draw just to stop the rot even, you know. Mm. There, there was an interesting... I I worked till 2 o'clock on Saturday and obviously I drove straight to the match and Danny Livesey was a co-commentator for Barrow with Adam on Radio Cumbria. Yeah. Uh, who were the player with Salford, was it? Salford, yes. Salford. Yeah. And... They were, they were talking about, you know, Barrow have lost a couple. How how do they, they react to it? And Danny Livesey made a great comment about team. you often find teams will go five at the back, put the extra defender in, and then yeah. maybe even play sort of five four one, and just basically try and become two walls and mm-hmm. try and stop to concede. And if you if you don't concede you've at least got a point. And a lot of what he was saying was probably what we should be doing now. Yeah. You know, go 5-4-1 if we have to. Yes, it'll mean Armstrong's bloody isolated, but he has been for the last two or three games anyway. No, that, that's that's true. That's very true. Um, it, it, it's a tough one, you know. I, I don't want to say... Look, we should caveat here, obviously. You are chair of kiosk so you you wouldn't talk about managers futures and things like that anyway and I, I don't like talking about that either to be honest I, I don't really see the point there is a kind of feeling that the frustration in fans is growing at the moment in terms of what's happening on the pitch and there is an understanding that you know what's happened with the takeover has sort of disrupted things this season but it's a real positive for the club in the future but i i, I still have this feeling of like look we're probably we are probably going to go down right I still think we're in a really good position to come back at the first attempt, but we need to get some level of momentum first as well before the end of the season, surely, don't we? Uh, I, th- I think, firstly, yes, we're going down, barring some sort of miracle, Jimmy Glass-esque miracle. Yeah. It's actually 25 years since, so you never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> joking apart, there's going to be a hell of a change in our squad. Yeah. I think I think we'll end up being quite ruthless. And we yeah. could only have about eight or ten left. Do you know what? I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was t- chatting with someone else about this, actually. I was saying, like, of the players who are out of contract at the end of summer, this summer, at the moment, the only ones I'd probably keep would be Probably Ellis Killsby and Nugent, the three young lads. I was Breeze. I'm, I'm presuming Breeze will sign his deal eventually. That's not the basis I've got on that, by the way. I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't pick. I'd keep Breeze definitely. Yeah. So basically, those four young lads are the only ones I'd keep out the ones out of contract in the summer. The rest of them, good luck to him and, and move on. And I'm Jordan Gibson's even in there, and I'm, I'm really on the fence on him at the moment. I almost wonder if it would be better for him long term to maybe move on somewhere else and try something different because he's not really settled down on a position with us, even though he's excelled at times in, in both positions. I'm, I'm just a, I'm just the feeling right now, I'm with you. I th- I'm expecting it to happen, to be honest. I, I think he'll I think he'll stick with the likes of Kilsby and Nugent and Ellis and that, because I think, because obviously next season he's talked about the fact that he wants to have a stronger sort of B team set up there as well, doesn't he? 
and that'd be perfect for that. And you can always learn them out as well. There's always clubs, you know, willing to take young lads like that on with the quality on. So, yeah, I, I think there's likely to be a lot of change. And I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, like you, if there's one or two of them who are on two-year deals who are told they can go as well come the summer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, whether that be made available for trans- transfer and told, look, you're not going to play here, or released with a payout. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of a one-off thing that will happen, hopefully, you know, where... Yeah. We luckily we have the finances available to do that. Yeah, yeah. In the past, we haven't been able to. We sort of stuck with players, haven't we? We didn't really want to keep. Um, but yeah, I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about the game now, then, um, and stuff like that. Uh, Simo's post-match comments, quite an interesting one, wasn't there? There, talking about the fact that apparently there was one player who was one of the subs who wasn't involved, who didn't want to do the warm down at the end, even though they declared themselves fit. Yeah, very strange on this. There's been a lot of debate about who it could be, and I'm, I'm not going to come in and name names and that kind of thing. There's no point, really. You know, we, we, we can all sort of guess and, and try and work it out, but it's when things like that start to creep in, you start to worry a bit, don't you, in terms of the squad and what's happening. And you wonder if there's any... Some, I don't even want to say it's bad eggs, because it well, there may well be a reason, because actually what should be said is every single one of those subs who wasn't involved played against Rangers. So none of them were left like left out of that squad on the Monday so maybe it's an issue that happened and maybe Simo has just dealt with it and said you know what it's fine but he spoke to him maybe he said look I felt something slightly towards the end and I didn't want to risk it might well be that I don't know but um, yeah I, I, I just it's just a bit frustrating when you start hearing stuff like that isn't it really you start to think oh, this isn't good um, talk about things generally in the game something that really sort of frustrated me during the match was the standard of the set pieces is awful like really really bad I mean the delivery was awful because like even account for you know positioning of players and things like that the, the, the ball in every time at the moment it's just the drop off from last season it's just it, it's it's quite alarming isn't it actually yeah uh I mean who is our best set piece taker in, in that team at the weekend I, I couldn't really well, you know, I mean, took them, didn't he? But Robinson came in the team, took a couple of good corners, and everyone thought he was the solution. I don't think he's taken a good one since. I know he's been no. in and out. Gibson hit has the potential to be hit very hit misses set pieces. But as as with anyone who takes direct free kicks, it's very hit and miss. Yeah, uh, there's just nobody stands out. I mean, guy had has taken plenty in his time. He was hit and miss. Moxon, when he was here, was hit and miss. And We just... The number of times we hit the first man on a corner or hit the wall in a free kick, it's not going to get many free kicks in that position. Um, I would like to think Diamond would possibly have a delivery in him. Well, I I don't know. I don't know if he's really got... Armour, maybe. I mean, we've seen Armour take a few guns. Taylor Charters, obviously, didn't start the weekend. He's the obvious one. He took some really good ones last season. But he's obviously not starting at the moment, so we, he can't take them. Um, yeah, it's there was one or two short corners as well that we took at the weekend. Just t- totally wasted. The ball was cleared back up to our half fairly quickly from them. and It just feels like it's, it's a real... Considering how strong we were on them last season, it, it's a real part of our game that's really lacking this season 
Um, I mean, I mentioned Charters then, so let's talk about Charters and, and Paul Huntington for me. That's who I wanted to talk about here. Neither of them really getting involved at the moment, and yet, interesting. Simmer makes a comment about we need, you know, how the Cambridge players they were the standards they were expecting from each other. You know, even late on when they were four 0 up and demanding people chase balls and things like that, and said, "I'm not getting that for my team at the moment," like, which makes me think, well, you've got someone who will do that on the bench in Huntington. And like I said in charters, you've got an actual midfielder and somebody's actually shown a bit of quality on the ball in terms of keeping it this season in games. Do you think it's time that maybe those two should be brought back in to the squad? Or to the starting lineup, I should say? Uh, well, let, let's be honest. Saturday was so bad. I think you start with a blank piece of paper right in our team for this week. Hmm. Well, it's going to be a good debate I mean, for the preview, that, isn't it? I think the app section, probably. Yeah, basically. Mm. I mean... There's, there's players will have played in that reserve game we mentioned against Rangers who have and played well who have every right to be saying to Simo why aren't I in the reckoning for month, uh, this Saturday place? Yeah, you no, know, I, 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 I watched right. Saturday we were poor we've played today against a strong Rangers team got a good result I, I personally think I've played well why am I not in your plans? You know who, like we always say who'd be a manager? No, absolutely but it. It kind of feels like we need to sort of somehow pin down on what we're going to play in terms of formation and, and team yeah. for the rest of the season and, and just stick with it. I I know people said back to basics four, whatever, but I think I think you're right in terms of what Danny Leavesy was saying. I think a back three is going to be the solution going forward for a bit. If anything, because you can get Hunt into the team then and give a bit of stability from that side of things. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd personally have both of them back in, but we'll, we'll talk about that a bit. Other little bits. Um, something that's really infuriating me at the moment is how slow we are on the ball. And I noticed this quite a lot. We, we had a lot of possession in this game. It should be said, actually. I mean, just looking at the possession stats. 81, sorry, um, sorry, pass success, I mean, even. 81% pass success. 63% possession. I don't think we've been that high in any game this season. Probably not, not even last season, I don't think. And it's just like, but it's so ponderous at times, isn't it? The, the, the amount of times I saw, like, Gibson was out in acres of space and someone took an extra touch. And then another touch. And it's like, just get the ball one touch out of your feet and play it. And I think that that is something that I don't think enough of our players have clicked onto this season, have they? No. Earlier parts of the season, yes. Currently, mm. no. And, and look, Cambridge are no world beaters. They, they were a superb side. They had a very good play in Lyle Taylor up front in terms of the way, you know, you link the play. But beyond that, this this isn't like the, the Cambridge side of Hulahood and Mullen. Oh no, 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 no! Nowhere near it. <laughs> make, make no mistake. It's it's by no means a vintage Cambridge team. It's, no. it's, it's not even a, not disrespect to Cambridge. It's not even a decent Cambridge team. It's just no. a a lower league one team. But unfortunately, they were well ahead of us. Yeah, they were ruthless. They just once got in front. Once got yeah. in front. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it just, it, it's something that's really wound me up a little bit recently. And like, the amount of games I'm like just screaming, like, just play the bloody ball. Stop taking five touches when you could take two and get the ball out to someone. That's why, that, that's 100% why I keep banging on about. That's why I'd have Taylor Charles in the team, because he does that. If you watch Taylor Charles when he plays, he takes a touch and he plays his pass usually. He might take one more touch, but he, he's not going to take five or six touches just to play a pass. And far too often our players do that. And, it, and it's just really infuriating. Um, just in terms of a couple of individual performances. Um, Sam Lavelle, do you think he's been a little bit let off the hook this season? Because there's... 
a lot of people are raving how great he is and stuff. So someone near me who was in the paddock who was saying that anybody who says Lavelle's a, a bad player is in an effing idiot. And I'm like, are they? Because I'm not really funny. He, he's, 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 the, he's the only constant in that defence all season. He's played every single game. No one else has. He's the only one who's played every single game. I like Lavelle as a player. Yeah. But I can't argue with the fact that he's not playing as well as he was earlier in the season. No. And I think that's, in general, just down to our bad run at the moment. He's just not performing at the level he was earlier in the season. No, I'd, I'd, I'd give you, but he was much better in the first half of the season. He definitely was. Yeah. I but, did read yeah. uh, someone put somewhere, I can't remember if it was on B, Justin Fear or on Buzz's back or whatever, that apparently our best defensive partnership this season has been Mellish and Lavelle in a four. Yeah. And I think when they had started in a four together, I think it said we'd played nine games, but we'd picked nine points up and conceded a goal a game maximum or something. I mean, I, I'd, I'd take a point a game for the rest of the season. I know it'd send us down, but I'd take that now because it, puts it, a bit, it, would, it would mean we would avoid being the worst um, side in, in League One since the, the reorganisation, whatever it was, in 2004 when the names were all changed. So that, that, that should be the main aim now for the rest of the season as much as anything. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, you, yeah, you're right. I think those two as a partnership actually looked all right. Um mm. I just kind of feel like he's dropping off a bit. And I think as well, now that Simo's brought in Harry Lewis and he's very clear he wants to maybe try and start playing out from the back a bit more, I don't think Lavelle's quite good enough to do that at times. I think I can see that from Mellish because we know Mellish can carry the ball pretty well and he's a pretty, you know, when he puts a bit of zip on it, his passing's not too bad. With Lavelle, there was a couple of times where he, he intercepted and he tried to step out of defence and he basically controlled the ball straight to one of their players at the weekend. I just wonder if maybe a little breakout the team might do him good, possibly. I don't know, but that might be a little look ahead to what I think in the preview section coming up in the second <laughs> half. The, the, the problem is there, though. I mean, we could debate all day the merits mm. of Paul Huntington. He's yeah. clearly not in favour at the moment. Ben Barkley's been as not up and down as, La, no. as Lavelle. No. Whelan can't play. Well, he, I think no. he can still be registered. Yeah. But it's highly unlikely he's going to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do we do? Do we move Ellis into the middle? Sean Green. Potential option. Sean, Sean Green, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's always option there. You never know. Yeah. Um, for me as well, I'd, I'd be getting Mellish back into defence. Look, I don't I don't mind him in midfield as much as other people, but I want to see him in defence because that's where he's been at his best. For in us. League One, John Mellish has to play in defence. Yeah. End of discussion for me. I, I don't... And, and I'm a John Mellish fan. I yeah. just... He's League Two. He'll get away with it, but it's yeah. it's not fair on the lad in League no, One. No, and I think actually some good midfielders. I'm not saying specifically Cambridge. Yeah, but you know, like likes of Oxford, who've got likes of yeah. Brannigan, that sort of thing. Yeah, I I, I, I don't I don't mind it as an option to do like in the second half of a game like oh, where you maybe just wanted to mix things up a little bit. But I yeah, don't think I, you should I, be I've said that for the, for the ten fifteen minute period as a bit of a mix up to throw you know you know, try and make something happen, yeah, or to cover a knock for 10 minutes or something, yeah, yeah fair enough. But 90 minutes, no, no, please, yeah. please stop it. No, no, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think that, that needs to change. Um, I've got quickly one last thing we'll talk about. Jack Diamond. Been a bit disappointing so far. 
it's a difficult one for him because I know he's been out for a year of not playing, you know, and it's going to take yeah. him a while to get up to speed. But it just kind of feels at the moment like he's there's not really a belief in there in him. I don't know what there's, it is. There's fitness and there's match fitness. Yeah. So yes, he hasn't played for a year. He will undoubtedly have been doing a training program devised by Sunderland with you know probably a personal trainer or something. And he'll 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 have been going to the gym. He'll be going for runs. He'll be doing ball work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's no replacement for match fitness. It, even if he'd just been playing reserve games or as an overage for the the eighteens or something, you know. And it will take him time to get back to that sharpness. And he's because of the type of player he is. He's always going to get kicked. And he has had a couple of kicks. He has. The noticeable difference for me is that when he gets kicked, he he starts sort of holding his calf and things like that. There's almost like it's a little bit of a body language thing. And I I hate to be one of the people that analyze that kind of thing, but it kind of feels sometimes like to me, I don't know how to put it. Essentially, the the body language there is like, oh, I'm I'm not really up for this fight. You don't get that as much from Jordan Gibson. You sometimes get a handout, like from like from the ref, like why you're not giving a foul or something like that. But there's a noticeable difference there, and maybe that's going to come with time, and maybe a bit of confidence of getting a goal. Or yeah, an assist I, th- or I, think, I think I think Jack Diamond deserves a bit of benefit of doubt because yeah, he he sort of has to play at the moment because we haven't really got anyone else. No, but he's he's still feeling his way back into you know the rigors of match football, and I've said it to a couple of mates, you know. People have seemed to have forgotten that Diamond and Armstrong played for two seasons together at Harrogate. Mm. And there's yeah. been a couple of times when he has put a ball across that has mm. just evaded Armstrong. And, and you know, and I, I've looked and I've yeah. thought, he knows where he, they know where they're meant to be on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's and a I, point. I think as the weeks go on, if Jack Diamond can assist Armstrong with a goal, I think yeah, we might him. see both players really lifted, really lifted. I think, I think you definitely would see it from Diamond. I think that would really give him a lift because I think we just, there's a couple of times that I've, there's been like, he's got the ball in a good position on the left and like, right, go on, take your man on, take your man on. Yeah, yeah. And there's never quite that belief there. And I, I do wonder sometimes, maybe switching him with Gibson for the start of the game instead and yeah, having him on yeah. the right and see how he does there. Might be worth a try because yeah. Gibson's done pretty well on the left this season, so... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we don't really want to talk too much more about the game. It, just, it was it was crap. Let's <laughs> just leave it at that. Yeah. And hopefully things are going to pick up this weekend. Like before we go into part two, let's quickly go through the League One results from last weekend. A bit of a Barmy game at Bolton, free free draw against Charlton. Um, is that mm. Nathan Jones's first game in charge of Charlton? I think it might be, mightn't it? First full game at the very least, I think. Um, what do you think about him as an appointment for Charlton? I think he's a good appointment. You know, some people be taking the mick, but I think he's. For, for the, uh, he's, he's one of those managers that maybe got elevated too quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, though. Yeah. He's been gone too long. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. There we are. Reference for the teenagers there. Well done, Dan. Um... Yeah, for, for our younger <laughs> listeners, Banana Rama. Google yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, Cheltenham free Port Vale. T- what a job Daryl Clark is doing at Cheltenham! It's ridiculous, isn't it? Like how he's yeah, managed to yeah. like drag them with it within a chance of staying up. They looked dead and buried, didn't they, at the start of the season? It's remarkable what he's done. 
Uh, Derby got a narrow 1-0 win over Stevenage. Fleetwood lost uh, 2-1 at home against Barnsley. They look as knackered as us right now, don't they? I think I think it's yeah. probably fair to say they're likely to come down with us at the moment. Burton Albion. Burton is such a weird team. I, I can't put my finger on it. Sometimes they look awful. And then they go and pull a result like this out. They won 2-1 at Leighton Orient at the weekend. So I'm not sure what to think about the game against them in midweek. It's going to be a strange one. Uh, Lincoln got a 1-0 win over Exeter. Northampton got a 3-1 win over Bristol Rovers, uh, our week opponents this weekend. Blackpool, got a great win for them. 2-1 away at uh, Peterborough. Portsmouth um, put Reading back into trouble. 4-1 win over them. Shrewsbury got beat 1-0 by Wigan. I think you said the other day in another group chat we're in, Danny, that we, Shrewsbury looked like they might be the team that gets dragged into it, possibly into the relegation battle, I think. So, interesting to see whether they do. Uh, Wickham Wanderers 0-0 draw against Oxford. Into midweek, Cambridge lost 2-1 at home against Bolton. Um, Oxford drew 2-2 with Northampton and Reading got themselves maybe a better result. Uh, 2-0 win over Port Vale in that game that got rearranged after the uh, the game got abandoned uh, a few weeks back. Um, yeah, so that's it in terms of uh, the first part of the show. Uh, into part two next, where I'm going to be chatting to Charlie from the Talking Gas podcast. Um we talked about the fallout from uh, Joey Barton's departure early in the season, how Matt Taylor's got on as manager so far, and also um, a, a little bit about uh, Aaron Collins and his departure and whether they were pretty happy to get the money for him in the end. Here's the chat I had uh, in part two. Uh, we'll just take a break now. This is John Mellish. You listen to the Brunton Bugle. Yes, we're into part two of this week's episode of the Brunton Bugle, which of course means it's time for Behind Enemy Lines, where we talk to the opposition fan of our opponents this weekend to find out a bit about their club ahead of the big match this weekend. We are, of course, travelling down south to Bristol to take on Bristol Rovers. So we're speaking to Charlie from the Talking Gas podcast. Charlie, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Um, yeah, yeah, really appreciate you having me on. No problem at all, mate. Uh, no problem at all. So, uh, I mean, first up, um, one question I like to ask at the start is just to, tell us a little bit about your podcast and, and how it came about. Yeah, so I actually started my my main channel. I started around five years ago, which was called One Ravers Vlogs, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then yeah, had it for a while, and then I I think it was in about around September October time this year, I um, decided yeah to turn it into a podcast. It's it's only on YouTube at the moment, but hopefully uh, in the summer it should be on all podcast platforms. But yeah, it's yeah I've been doing it overall YouTube for about five years, so been on been on quite the journey and the grind yeah it's been quite a time for bristol rovers in that time as well i think it's fair to yeah. say yeah uh let's talk about the current season then um are you guys currently sitting in 12th place you're effectively 10 points clear of the drop zone looking likely to secure, secure another season in league one come may mm-hmm. it doesn't seem that all is quite happy though at the memorial stadium right now there seems to have seen a few sort of grumblings online just tell us how, how things are sort of panning out at the moment for you guys Yes, yeah, I think the word to sum up is frustration. I think a lot of, I wouldn't say all the fan base, but I think a lot of people were quite confident that we could at least sort of challenge or, or try and get in the playoffs mm-hmm. with the squad we assembled in the summer. But yeah, unfortunately, it's just been very inconsistent. Of course, we had the manager change with Barton getting sacked and Matt Taylor coming in, I think it was around early December, early, late December. And yeah, you know, recently it's just frustrating because I think the season's pretty much done for us, and it's sort of been quite annoying to 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 watch really because we have had a lot of injuries as well. We've got about five or six first team players currently mm-hmm. out, which doesn't help at all. 
and yeah, I think everyone, everyone is, you know, you know, like you said, sharing their opinions. I think some people are a bit too agitated on the manager, but it's it's hard when you know he's only brought in he brought in four players in the window, and the rest of of course are Barton players. So it's in yeah. that sort of middle ground where, yes, I think I think a lot of players will be off. So it's just been frustrating, really frustrating. And like like you said, there's fans have obviously got their opinions and some are sort of yeah going on at the manager and some are just there like it is what it is you know so yeah it's been one of those seasons yeah let's talk about joey barton then because we didn't get a chance to speak to you ahead of the game at brunton park back in november um what were your thoughts on that one in his departure because it seemed to be a fairly decent job of you guys you know there was one point where it looked like he was going to be sacked a few years back and he turned things around massively and, and obviously got you guys promoted. But with the way things have gone since he's left the job, you must be quite relieved to have him as far away from your club as possible, I'd imagine, right now. Yeah, he went he, he went mad, didn't he? It's pretty much yeah. as soon as he left us, it's all gone mad on social. So, yeah, it was a bit of a strange one at the time. I, I still wanted him to stay, stay at the time. I know... Loads of fans were different in in their thoughts of whether they wanted mm-hmm. him gone or not. But at the time, I still wanted him to stay. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's a lot of problems. I think it's just you know, like you said, fans even during the promotion season um, when he got us promoted to League One, even fans then were like we're we're not going to games. The amount of people that come back to watch Rovers when Barton got sacked was crazy. Like you wouldn't believe it. Like the amount of people that didn't go to games even though we were doing really well it was because of Barton so Ooh. yeah that's all done with like I said I, I don't think he should have got sacked but I, I do like Taylor and I like the appointment I think he can do well but yeah Barton I just I just think it was best for like all parties in the end for for us to just separate because it was never gonna work really I don't think you mentioned Matt Taylor there obviously he's coming to take on the the job um What's the thoughts on how he's done so far? Because, I mean, he did some excellent work at Exeter City, didn't he, as manager yeah. there? Found things a bit tougher at Rotherham United, but I think anyone taking them on in the Championship is always going to find them a bit of a tough task, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. You know, he, yeah, I, I really liked him. You know, I thought playing Exeter in the you know last few years, I think they've been they've done really well, uh, and I liked him as a manager. Mm-hmm. You know, even at Rotherham, he, he, he went into the job and kept them up. Don't forget, he did go yeah. into the job, keep them up, in the championship, I know he was struggling, but like you said, every manager would struggle because the money and the budget, etc. But yeah, I think he, I think yeah, he's, he's done an okay job with what he's got. I think, um, I think more will be fought on and talked about in the summer and next season when he's, you know, completely revamped and put all of his thoughts and had a whole preseason and mm-hmm. stuff. So, but yeah, so far he's he's, he's done an okay job. Some things. Um, you know, like every manager, I don't agree with, but a lot of things I I, I do. So, yeah, it's sort of it's tough because he's coming at that mad time where it took us five weeks to appoint him. Um, and yeah, some of results has been good, like you said. I think injuries has affected him as well, but yeah, I, I think he's done an okay job to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, we'll talk about the Johnny transfer window now, and um, we'll talk about the general business in a minute. But obviously, the the, the headline there for you guys was the departure of Aaron Collins. Now, yeah. anyone who saw his stats for last season said, oh, that must be a really big blow to lose him. He hadn't quite been as prolific, I think it's fair to say, this season. So what was your thoughts on that? Were you quite happy to cash in and, and get the money for him from Bolton? 
Yeah, yeah, I think along along with a lot of Rovers fans, I think we all most agree that it was the right time to sort of him to move on mm-hmm. for us to take the money because, like you said, he he done really well uh, last season um, up to January, and then he sort of then it's sort of where it sort of tailed off. I think he got seven goals from last January onwards to to, to when he left. He had seven goals in a year, so he. I think his head was sort of turned in the summer. Um, and mm. yeah, I, I just think it was the right. He's he done really well, of course. We got him in on a free, done really well in League Two, got League One player of the year last year. Um, but yeah, I think like most Rovers fans agree, I think it was the best time for him to move on. And yeah, you know, fair play to him, you know, playing at Bolton now would have upped his wages, playing at a massive stadium, massive club. So yeah, all the best to him. But yeah, if, I think it was the right time for him to move on. Yeah, let's talk about your general uh, January transfer business then. So, what what what's your thoughts on that? Um, you mentioned obviously the fact that Taylor's been able to bring four players in. I think you've only seen maybe three of us go out. I think it's Clark, Belshaw, and Gibbons are the ones who've left. Um, but I mean, Harry, Harry Vaughan's an interesting one because I, I remember he's he's the lad who was at Oldham, isn't he? I think yeah. who Hall signed as a youngster. He looked a very good player when he was with them, like a 16, 17 year old in their team. So, how have those lads gone so far? The the signs you made? Yeah, well. Aguilera, the Costa Rican international, mm-hmm. he on his debut he was unreal, scored a, a quality goal, won us the game at Exeter, and then he the second game after that I think he he played against Fleetwood, but then he got injured, so he's out now injured. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Vaughan, like you said, he first few games it's, it's always tough though in it in January you get these you know because they were mm-hmm. most of them were like last minute as well, like a few hours before the deadline. Um, Vaughan. His best game was probably against Northampton when he come on at halftime, done really well. He's sort of in like a uh, a centre mid, centre attacking mid role. So very good on the ball. Very small, very, very small. Still looks like a 12-year-old kid. He doesn't look yeah. <laughs> 19 or, or, or 20. But um, yeah, good on the ball, quick. Um, Bagger um, hasn't really done that well so far. A very tall player, but... Uh, really struggled. He got took off uh, Stevenage the last game before Northampton. He got mm-hmm. took took off after 20 minutes uh, when we were 2-0 down. Um, he was having a really bad performance. So were a lot of players, but he was the worst. So yeah, he got took off. Then Northampton, he he come on, got an assist for Chris Martin. But yeah, he hasn't really looked that, that good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, then who else was there? Uh, I think I, I think that's it at, at the moment. But um, yeah, they, some of them have done, done okay. But it's like you said, it's tough because our season's pretty much done, and it's just sort of yeah. waiting, waiting until the summer. So it's sort of hard to judge when they're coming into a team where a lot of players will be leaving, injuries, etc. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's it's the lad from Grimsby side as well. Is it Camille? Oh Conte, yeah, Conte. Yeah, how could I forget? Yeah, he oh, yeah. he he, he look, he's class. Yeah, he's. I completely yeah. forgot about him because we signed him sort of early on, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he, yeah, he's been class. He was, he, he got a red card against Stevenage for a second yellow, and he, I think he's back though. Some were saying that he was going to miss this game, but I think he's back. So, but yeah, he he's looked he looks like a really good um, player. Yeah, still only young as well. Yeah, who who are the danger men that we should be watching out for in his squad then for this weekend's game? I think it's got to be Chris Martin. Chris Martin's mm. been on fire for us. He uh, 
of course, very experienced, 35 years years of age now. But we signed him in, I think it was September as a free, and he didn't have a preseason. He come in, but he's been quality. I think 13 goals. Um, Conversion rate is amazing. Some say we, we might not play better football with him because he like he he can't really run properly like he can yeah. finish he's one of the best finishers i've i've seen uh you know he only needs literally one chance if you look at his stats he his conversion rate is i think top or maybe second in the whole league and yeah he's been quality uh, i would say evans but he's he's serving his um Second game of suspension after picking up two. I uh, know after picking up yeah. ten yellow cards, but yeah, he, I would say him. But Chris Martin is the one. He only needs one chance, and he'll finish. Yeah, I've always been impressed with Evans. Every time I've seen him, he looks a really good player. To be fair, yeah. Um, in terms of this weekend's game, then obviously the United fans are going to be travelling down, and what can they expect at the Memorial Stadium? Because it, it's changed a little bit, hasn't it? I think the away end, uh, the, the temporary stand has gone, hasn't it? And you've got a, a new stand there. Yeah, new stand. Yeah, new south stand. Yeah, it's very good. I've been there. I've been in there once so far. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, really recommend if any Carlisle fans haven't got a ticket yet, or if there's pay on the day, then I would go in there. It, it, it's a bit, little bit more money, but it's definitely worth it for the for the view. And of course, it'll probably be raining as well, like it has been for for days down here and probably all over the UK. But yeah sort of a different look yeah very good so if anyone's going in there then they should definitely go in the south stand yeah i think our fans have been a bit puzzled because the tickets for the game the standing tickets are more than the seating tickets i think our seating tickets are quite cheap so i don't know if there's some yeah. sort of restricted view issue or there's some I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what's going on there but strangely the seating tickets are actually cheaper than the standing for this one so. well well then yeah <laughs> take, take advantage definitely go <laughs> go in the seats then go in yeah. the seats the, the new seats but yeah, yeah. um You've been really generous with your time. Thank you very much, Charlie. But before you go, a couple more things. Prediction first. What are you going to predict for this weekend's game? It's it's dodgy because against the teams that are, are down there and struggling, we've really struggled against. Like if you looked in the last few weeks, Burton, who were struggling, hadn't picked up an away a win. It and I think since October they come down and beat us quite comfortably. Fleet with the same. Um, but I, I I just think I've seen a lot of your results and highlights and stuff like that. And I think we'll just edge it. I'll, I'll, I'll go for 2-1 because we never keep a clean sheet. Funny enough, we did keep a clean, keep a clean sheet the last time we met you, of course, being you 1-0. But I think we'll just edge it and win 2-1. Yeah, we, we definitely don't keep clean sheets. So I'm pretty sure you can be confident in the fact that we uh, we, we will not be scoring. <laughs> Sorry, we'll not be uh, preventing you from scoring this game. Uh, that, that's pretty much it then charlie thank you very much but before you go um where can people find your podcast yeah just on youtube uh, uh the talking gas podcast or you can also find it on twitter and instagram if you want to give it a follow talking gas pod on instagram and talking gas podcast on twitter charlie thanks very much for your time and all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend uh, we'll be back after this short little break to look ahead to this weekend's game and do a little quick look ahead as well to the bursting game on tuesday night Hi, it's uh, Tom Pyatic the second, and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle. And we're into part three of this week's Brunton Bugle. Thanks once again to Charlie from the Talking Gas podcast for speaking to us ahead of this game at uh, the weekend. Uh, yep, so it's Bristol Rovers against Carl United at the Memorial Stadium on Saturday. Uh, 
this it, it, it's a must win if we're gonna have any any chance of staying up now isn't it dan really you need to start winning games and if anything just in fact to be honest i know it's a must win but a draw is as important as anything for me really in terms of just stopping the rot yeah like we said earlier we need to stop the rot be that a nil nil draw a fluky one min one nil in the 98th minute off john Mellish's backside we'd take mm. anything at the moment just just to get a bit of belief back to the, the players and, you know, the fans. I kind of feel like a nil-nil would be good as well. The, the positive bonus there of a clean sheet and showing that, you know, that would be really good for Harry Lewis's confidence as much as anything. Um, it, we just need a little bit of something, don't we, to just to give us a bit of a G up, really. Yeah. Um, right, before we go into more detail on the preview, uh, Mike has done us a question for this week. So here's the question Mike has sent in. Now, people think they've got it bad right now, but in 2014, we lost 4-3 at home to Burton Albion. What was our lineup for that game? Ooh. That's going to be a good question. Was that the game that Pirelli sponsored and bought loads of tickets for? Yes, and Gary Rout was manager, I think, still of um, Burton at that point, wasn't he? And he was a bit of an arse on the touchline, from what I remember. Um oh, That's a good question. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll save the answer until just before the X. Ex- Blues yeah, section yeah. later on, so we've got a chance to have a little bit of a think about it. I think I've got an idea on a few of the ones who were in the team that night. I'm pretty sure Derek Asamoah made his debut as a sub. I yeah. know someone who was, and it's an Alex. Is it Alex Morrow by any chance? Because I seem to remember he was involved, or maybe Danny Kearns, one of those two. No, it's neither of them. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to save that one later on. Right, uh, yeah, Bristol Rovers this weekend, Dan. Um, Weird sort of side because I think we all thought they might do okay this season. I think remember I don't know if any of us picked, picked them for the playoffs, but we looked at the squad they put together and the attacking options they had, and there was a feeling of like they could be like that sneaky team that you know sneaks into the playoffs. As it is, they've just been a comfortable mid-table team all season, and they don't they don't look in danger of going down, and they don't look in danger of going up either, do they? No, they're they're on forty-three points, twelfth players. They are literal the epitome of mid-table. You know, they're, they're 11 points ahead of the relegation yeah. and they're 13 points off the last playoff. So, barring some sort of incredible loss of form or incredible run of form, their season is done. Yeah, it is. Even an incredible loss of form, I think, to be honest. They would probably be safe this season. There's, 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 yeah, there's three teams who are poor enough, us, Fleetwood. And probably Paul Vale now the way it's going. Oh, Paul Vale, Paul Vale, Paul Vale. I've got them at 16 to 1 for relegation. Incredible. A couple isn't of weeks it? ago. Are you looking at it now? I mean, to be fair, they are still just on the brink, but the fact that they keep losing games is the problem for them, isn't it? Um, Especially after a managerial change. Absolutely. I'm looking, actually, Cheltenham have won three games in a row <laughs> to take them 12 points clear of us now with a game in hand, which is yeah. astonishing, isn't it? But there you go. Um, yeah, so I mean, looking at the. Their squad, Dan. Who, who are the players that stand out in there for you? I mean, Anthony E. Evans is one that I've always liked, but he's I think he's suspended for this game this weekend. I think he reached ten bookings and it's his second of his uh, two game ban. So we might not see him. But who else? Who else do you really uh, like in their squad? Uh, I'm interested to see how this Camille Conter plays. Mm. He's a young lad. I think he's Sierra Leonean. From Grimsby. Uh, it was signed from Grimsby. There was actually one of those random transfer Twitter accounts said that we were after him, yeah, which we were. I, I didn't <laughs> believe at the time. But, you know, when you just think, 
Mm. Be interesting to see what he's like, because you know he's he's a good player. I think it's fair to say Giovanni Brown hasn't really hit it off for them, has he? No, I, he's not. Really he had a really good season for Exeter last year. He's had, shall we say, off the field issues. Something that's yeah, true, wildly. True. Um, he hasn't really quite hit the same. In comparison, Chris Martin really has, hasn't he? You know, experienced yeah. striker. Plenty I'm of... just thinking Marquis has regressed a little as well, hasn't he? Yeah. How, how old is Marcus now? He must be getting on a bit. He must be 30 at least. He's, I'm just looking him up now. Scott Sinclair, hasn't really, Scott Sinclair hasn't really clicked. I think he's done okay. I mean, I'm looking at Marcus' yeah, record for them. Six, 65 games, 13 goals. It's not brilliant but it's not a one in four is not the worst record in the world for a striker yeah. you know, it could be, could be a lot worse and i think sinclair's more of a wide player isn't he really so it's slightly different in that sense but but yeah i mean you look at the attacking talent they've got i mean luke thomas is a pretty good player as well you know there's plenty of good players in that attack for them to, to, to use um like i said with martin i'm just i'm just looking at the stats here i've got the um top scorers in in league two up here He's got one of the best shot accuracies in the division. Devante Cole and Colby Bishop are the only two higher with 64 and 65%. His shot accuracy is 62% in terms of getting stuff on target. Um, goal conversion-wise, 38%. And I think that actually is, other than, in fact, Victor Adebayo, um at Bolton is slightly higher. But basically, he's got the highest at 38%. <laughs> which is a little bit I do, I do love it? that they've got a Costa Rican in the squad on loan from Forrest, I think Well, it is. unfortunately, he's injured. Uh, yeah, Aguilera. So I hope it yeah. wasn't a dirty tackle on him. Uh, no, no, you're not having that one. Yeah. Thank you. Um, worse than mine, that. And it that was, was worse, bad. to be fair. That was bad. Um, I was trying to think of any of those, but I couldn't remember what the other one. Um, some joke about him, you know, been able to unlock a defence by being a genie in a bottle or something. I don't know. I was, I was grasping. I was very much grasping for a joke there. Um, yeah. Harry Vaughan's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he was the young lad who was at Oldham. I think he played against us, actually, didn't he? A few years ago. Um, he was only 16 years old at the time, from what I remember. I'm sure he played against us on a Saturday in the first team game. And then I think like in midweek something, or not long after, he played against us in a Youth Cup game as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What I remember. Yeah, but he's he's one who went to Hull. He hasn't obviously been able to break through at Hull yet. Um, yeah, clearly a talented lad. Um, Jordan Rossity was he the lad who was at Rangers for a bit? Yes, he is. Yes. yes, yeah, pretty decent player as well. Um, there was, I think he was yeah. linked with us two or three years ago. Yeah, I vaguely remember that when he was he, he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't played he must he hasn't played for weeks. Rossity, so is he injured? I'm guessing. Possibly, yeah. I have a feeling. Maybe. I think when he went to Berry on loan, he was linked with possibly Carlisle, and again yeah. when he went to Fleetwood the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, yeah. he played. He hasn't played at all this season, so he must be oh, must, must be long term injured. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, so it is a squad packed with quite a lot of quality. So it's a little bit of a surprise that they haven't maybe kicked on that much really um, this season. But there maybe will be reasons for. That, I don't know. Um, in terms of obviously brand new transfer business, they've brought here. Obviously, we mentioned Vaughan already and, and Aguilera on loan from um, Hull City and Forest. Even Eakin, sorry, Elkin Baggett 
from uh, Ipswich Town on loan as well, and obviously Conte from Groomsby. In terms of departures, they've had a lad who's gone to Shamrock. I think it was already on loan there, so it's not really a massive loss. Belshaw's gone back to Harrogate permanently. Gibbons played against us at the weekend for Cambridge. And the big one's Aaron Collins. They managed to get 800 grand for him from Bolton. League One player of the year last season. Top scorer in the division as well. Really flying. Only scored five goals from this season, though. They must be quite pleased, you'd think, to get that much money for a player who probably hasn't really hit the same heights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rossiter did his knee, apparently. Ah, well, there you go. Well done. We found that yeah. one out. But yeah, Collins is one, isn't he? I think who, yeah, you sort of look and you think there's a real quality player, but he just hasn't quite done it from this season, has he? No. Uh, when 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 you look at the full sort of attacking side of the, the squad, just I think that's why the twelfth. They just nobody's really grabbed the bull by the horns. Maybe we relied the, the a bit. The ball, the ball scored a couple of goals, etc. But. Yeah, nobody's really stood out. They probably relied too heavily on Martin. Aren't they? Obviously, he's got his what thirteen goals or whatever. But I think beyond him, the rest of them haven't really chipped in in the same way. That's the problem. Isn't yeah, it? you know, and when well, Martin's what thirty five, thirty six, or something like that, yeah, you shouldn't really yeah. be relying on him at that age that much, to be honest. At this level, no. well, there you go. <clears throat> Obviously, Joey Barton binned off as manager earlier this season. I think their fans are probably quite glad he's nowhere near their club anymore. The way he's uh, <laughs> setting fire. I mean, it's, it's bizarre that one, isn't it? He's just basically set fire to his management career for no obvious reason because he, for all the mickey taking everything, he actually a fairly decent lower league manager, wasn't he? You look at the job he's done, you know, yeah, Fleetwood yeah. and uh, at, uh, at Bristol Rovers. So it's a, it's yeah. a very strange sort of thought process but you know each each their own I guess um, Matt Taylor brought him to replace him I thought this was a really good appointment when they got him I really did it, I think he's a bit unlucky in the terms of, he kept Rotherham up didn't he and it was always going to be a challenge to keep him up again in, yeah. in the championship because then they, they are the small whenever they're up there they're going to be the smallest club up there aren't they so for them it, it was always going to be a bit of a challenge to, to keep up there it seems like he's had a bit of a sort of bumpy start to life there, doesn't he? There was some reports like he was basically trying to get the fans on the side of <laughs> a week after after they won a game at Stevenage. I think with Taylor, given the league position and the time he came in, was it start of December? Mm-hmm. I think he's basically got a free pass this season. Yeah. Because they're not going to go down, they're not going to go yeah. up. And he can essentially evaluate his squad for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, that's good. And I've, you know, we, we've mentioned the ages of the forward department. I would say there'll probably be some changes there. Yeah, is they might they might be what the dark horse next season as opposed to this season. It's a fair point, that actually. Yeah, you you look for the team who are who are quite solid without uprooting anything, and with some good signings, they could be one to watch next season. I think that's a really good shot, actually, to be fair. It's not, not, not the worst shot in the world at all. Um, it's a shame we'll probably be doing a League 2 preview. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's not a shot you're going to get to make, unfortunately, on our pod. Um, let's talk about other bits of the game then. Uh, referee for this one. Oh, no. It's Thomas Parsons. And I think we all... I think there's all that sinking feeling when Carl Afanta when we hear that name, isn't there? So yeah. he's... Uh, if you don't know about him, he's, it's his second season in the EFL. And uh, he's taken charge of 17 games so far this season, handing out 84 yellows and two red cards. Last season, he handed out 117 yellow cards and four red cards in 26 games. 
Now, the last United game he took charge of was a 2-2 draw with Stockport County at Brunton Park last, in April last year. But the game we all remember him for is the Orient game last season, isn't it, at Brunton Park? Where he, he managed to send off Ryan Edmondson, not give an obvious handball for a penalty, and also allow a, a blatantly offside goal to stand. Did we get, was it two apologies from the from Pugmore for that, didn't we, I think? If I yeah, correctly. yeah. So, yeah, absolutely delighted to hear that he's going to be in charge of this game. So, let, let's see what happens with that one. Um, head-to-head record, it's a 40th meeting in the two sides. United have won 14, uh, nine have been draws, and Rovers have won 16. Interesting, the last six meetings, six meetings of the two teams, we've exchanged wins. So, it's been win for United, Win for Bristol Rovers, win for United, win for Bristol Rovers. Obviously, last time Bristol Rovers won, so it's going to be a Carlisle win this weekend, surely, you'd think. It's got to be. It'd be nice. <laughs> it would be nice, wouldn't it? But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, in terms of uh, other stats, um, overall form-wise, they're 11th in the last six games form table. <laughs> Pretty much, it's, you know, it is, they're where they should be, aren't they, really? In terms of and, and we are? Well, yeah, this is the thing. The record is 1-1, loss, 1 loss for them. We are 24th in the form table. (laughs) And I don't think I need to tell you what our last six games are because you all know it, unfortunately. Um, Let's talk about United then, Dan. Um, Did you spin the Tom Boland, see who's going to be in the team this week? Got right. Blank slate. Blank slate out there. What team are you picking? Well, I've I've thought about this and... What I mentioned about Danny Livesey saying, yeah, has sort of stuck with me a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think I would make us hard to beat. I know that sounds ridiculous currently, ho ho ho, but I would go back five. I think I would play Huntington in the middle of it. I presume you're saying Lewis in goal, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would try Gray and Hunt and Mellish. I think give Sam Lavelle a break. Yeah. Put him on the bench, give him a break. I would probably play a back and armour as the wing backs. Mm -hmm. And then I would go ultra defensive in midfield. I would play Dylan McGeoch with Neil and Vela. Yeah. And I would play Gibson behind Armstrong. And okay. I would use Diamond from the bench. Interesting. Because I think he's still working back to fitness. And the, the idea behind that is exactly what uh, Danny Livesey was saying on the radio yeah. about just creating two banks. Yeah. And I think the midfield of Neil McGeoch and Vela is probably the most defensive midfield we could play. It yeah. wouldn't be pretty, yeah. but at this stage of the season... Prettiness doesn't come into the argument for me. No, no, you're absolutely right. You know what? The team I pick is not is very, very close to that one. If I'm honest, yeah, I'd make one change, and that would be McGeoch out for Charters. That's the only change I would make from what mm. you suggested there, just to give a little bit more quality on the ball in midfield, just a little bit more. Well, you see, I, I would use the likes of Charters and Diamond. As substitute, yeah, I, I can get that. Yeah, I around that, sixty-five, yeah. seventy. If we had held it yeah. to nil-nil, uh, to spring at them and try and nab a yeah. one-nil. Yeah, and then if you lose a game one or two-nil, you go. You know what? 
it didn't quite work, but you could actually see what we were trying to do there, and you'd, yeah, you'd appreciate yeah, yeah, it a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, 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 that's not. I'm not against that. I'm not against that at all. To be fair, um, what I'd say is I think what we have to account for is obviously playing on Tuesday night as well, and I do wonder if that might come into to the thinking as well, especially with someone like Diamond playing so many games. You might think, right, don't start him this one. Bring him on later on in it, but then you can start him on Tuesday night at Burton if you if you get a good result, build on that potentially. That that's the way to possibly look at it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'd I'd go pretty much that. Um and obviously the bench near enough picks itself. I'm sure you'd have Jaden Harris on there, wouldn't you? The the the, the sweet prince himself. We we put him on there. Um <laughs> Why not give him a game at the moment? It's fucking might as well, eh? Yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous, yeah. But there you go. Um yeah, uh, just, actually, something I've got to say, actually, we, we haven't mentioned this quite a lot recently, but in terms of uh, the players out on loan, shout out to Kai Nugent, who uh, was in the SPFL uh, team of the week last week, wasn't he? For um, for Aaron Athletic. D- doing fairly well there, isn't he? You know, he's kind of gone a little bit under the radar this season, because last season we had those few out and so much was happening with them that we didn't really, you know, we haven't really had a chance to mention them as much this year. So it's, it's well done to, to Kai, doing really well there. And then they're giving themselves a good chance of staying up, Aaron, actually, aren't they? To be fair, with the, with the effort they're putting in, because Edinburgh City look knackered, don't they? By looks of things, so it looks like Annan should hopefully stay up. Um, all right, then, Dan. Predictions for this one? If we do go to a really defensive lineup, like I suggested, I'm going to go for a ridiculous two nil away with with late goals, like really nice. late, like eighty five to go one up, and then catch them on the counter in injury time to seal 2-0 and I'm going to go for Armstrong to get the first yeah. and Diamond from the bench to get the second you really annoy me here because you've, you've, you, I think you've conned me into going for this as well um, ah you know what 2-0 I'm going to go 2-0 as well I'm going to go goals from Huntington and uh, and just because every, every week we pick him and we're desperate to get into scoring, Armstrong for me as well. So there you go. Huntington and Armstrong to get our goals because I'm going to presume Hunt is going to play. Uh, right, let's have Mike's prediction for this one. I'm going to have my boldest prediction of the season so far and I'm going to say that we're going to keep a clean sheet and we're going to win 1-0 with a Luke Armstrong goal. <laughs> so if Luke Armstrong scores and we win, we're all getting points. Um yeah. So there you go. Well, to be honest, he's the only one we've got to pick at, isn't he? I know, exactly. It's, it's going to be funny if like, it's 1-0 late on and me and you are just desperate for us to score a second and, and Mike's there begging us to just yeah. hold on to the 1-0. Um, let's briefly talk about the Burton game before we talk the X-Files section, Dan, in, into midweek. Um, again, like I said before, it's a hard one to judge this, isn't it? Because Burton are just so hit and miss this season at times. I mean, they're, they're probably one of the poorest teams I've seen this season at Burton Park. We could have won that game much more comfortably. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, it all depends on Saturday. Mm. If yeah. we get, say, we get a point, yeah, there's no reason why we can't go and win midweek. Yeah, a bit, a bit of belief. It's belief yeah. is what we need at the moment. The confidence yeah. is just and drained. If we got a win at Bristol, why not win a game? You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely a game where we have got to look and think to ourselves, right? Can we actually get something? I mean, actually looking at Burton's form. I mean, bad. if <laughs> the worst happens and we lose both, 
the Reading game could be nasty. Yeah, that, that's that's the concern. Is it? I, I just want yeah, to get yeah. results from them now. We don't. No but one wants the, the really game. stupid thing is, say we got a draw at Bristol, one at Burton, mm. and then beat Reading. We'd be back in the mix. <laughs> that's yeah. how stupid it is. Yeah, because actually, when you, I'm just looking at the table now, and like, I mean, Reading, yeah, have, have sort of pulled themselves away a little bit, but there's always a risk Reading are going to get another points deduction at some point. And they've yeah, played more, and also they've played more games than us. They played two more games than us, you know. So, so they're they're a little bit ahead in terms of the number of games they've played. So, you never know; they could get dragged back into it. I kind of feel like, like you said, Shrewsby are probably going to get dragged back into it as well. Even though yeah. they have done okay at the start originally, but they've actually not won in the last five. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, last four, I should say. So you never know. Uh, let's have a prediction for the Burn game then, Dan, just to, to add that one in. I'm going to take a gamble on the basis that we've had some form of positive result on Saturday. And I'm going to go for a 3-1 win. Oh, my word. I'm going to go for Armstrong, Gibson and Mellish. Blimey. Okay, uh, I'm going to go 2-1 win. Because, God, we might as well be optimistic. Why not? Let's just put it all out there. Um, two-one win, and goals from Armstrong again and Taylor Charters to get the other one. Right here's Mike's prediction for that game. I'll go for a two-one win against Burton with a goal from Taylor Charters and a goal from Jordan Gibson. What he's going to say, same as me. There, I was panicking. Um, <laughs> right uh, before we do the X Files, let's do the question. Let's remind ourselves what the question of the week was from Mike. Now, people think they've got it bad right now, but in 2014, we lost 4-3 at home to Burton Albion. What was our line-up for that game? So, who are we saying goalkeeper? Right. Say- no, no. I'm going to give the obscure one first while it's yeah. in my head. I know for a fact the man, the myth, the legend, George Ely, have played in this game. Did he? Well, yeah, I'm sure well. of it. I'm sure it was one of his did he start? four games for us. Oh, because he started yeah, all the sure games he's he played, didn't he? Yeah. I'm sure he did, yeah. Okay, so George Eliav, which means Hayden I've, White I've stu- played I've as well. I've studied the career of George Eliav very thoroughly, you see. Which probably means Hayden White played as well, doesn't it? Because they were pretty much the same time, mm-hmm. you'd think. So let's go. Are we saying Gillespie in goal, Hayden White right back, Danny Granger left back, centre-backs, O'Hanlon, and... Any names out there? Trying to think of another one who played alongside him. Um, who else was the centre back that season for us? Was Robson still with us then? Uh, I kind of feel like he was. So well, and Potts are likely have played. They were here then. Yeah, that's good. And possibly Dempsey because that was his breakthrough season, wasn't Dempsey it? Def- Dempsey played pretty much every game that season. Dempsey, def- yeah. Dempsey and Potts are definitely in midfield. Um, other centre back. Who would the other centre back be? This was under Curl, from what I remember. So it'd be. Oh, I can't think. Would Gary Dicker have played at that point, or was, he, was that when he was frozen out? Alex Marrow, uh, maybe. Marrow didn't play. Yeah, because it. Anthony Sweeney was it? No, it was that season after. No, Anthony Sweeney was that season, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, Anthony yeah, Sweeney. Possibly. Sweeney will have been you, men- you mentioned Maro. Maro was that season, but I think he'd already dropped out of the team by then. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Danny Kern. I, I feel like Danny Kern. And Asamoah joined us by then. Um, yes, because he came off the bench in this game. I'm pretty sure he came off the bench. This this was quite early in Curl's reign, yeah, wasn't it? It was. To be honest, only half a dozen or so games in. I think we're going to struggle to get these. So if we just go with the answer, yeah. we've got a few in there that we're certainish on. So let's let's yeah. let's hear what the uh, the team lineup was for that game. So we started with Dan Hanford and Nets. Uh, wow. Across the back four, we had Hayden White, Sean O'Hanlon, Paul Thurwell and Danny Granger. We had a midfield of Brad Potts, Anthony Sweeney, Gary Dicker and Matty Robson. And we had a front two of Georgie Iliav and Kyle Dempsey. And for bonus points, the subs that we brought on were Mark Beck, Stephen Elliott and Derek Asamoah. I was going to say Elliott, you know. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't remember if that was before he did his Achilles injury. Or not? That's why I was kind of like, mm, uh, was it Elliot potentially? We got, we got most of them, didn't we? Didn't get we Hanford. Did, we did. I, I, I thought Robson had been frozen out by that point, so I was wrong with that one. Yeah. Hanford, we didn't get. We we said Furwell was in there, and we didn't realize that Cal Dempsey was playing up front. God, how different yeah. back then. George Eliev, dear yeah. God, oh, that's that's going back a bit, isn't it? But there you go. Thanks for that question, Mike. Right, let's go to the X Blue section then. Dan, there's a few to cover today. Yeah, I'm just scrolling back down to it on the page. Uh, weekend, Jenny Yates scored for Swansea in a 2-1 defeat mm. at home for Ipswich. Uh, Sam Cosgrove scored for Barnsley in a 2-1 win at Fleetwood. Uh, Patrick Bruff scored for Northampton, 3-1 home win over Bristol Rovers. Mm. Uh, Cole Stockton scored twice for Barrow, but they were beaten 5-3. They're in a bit uh, of a wobble, aren't they? Yeah. Joe Garner scored for Oldham in 3-1 win at Maidenhead. Uh, Matty Douglas scored for Annan as the beat Sterling 2-1. Obviously, mm-hmm. we mentioned about uh, Kai Nugent making yeah. Team of the Week there. Mm-hmm. And James Tavernier scored two penalties from the spot for Rangers as they went top of the league in the 3-0 win at St. Johnston. You put that uh, bit more than top of the league in there. I didn't write that in there. So come on. Yeah, just for a couple of people listening. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and one other a classic loan signing yes. on the move. Jake Jervis signed for Northern Premier League Division One West Side, Hednesford Town until the end of the season. That's a beauty of a move, that isn't it? That's the division below Workington now, isn't it? I think that's the division of Workington. So, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one that one because Hednesford Town. They were like one of those teams on the original football, one of the original championship managers, weren't they? Who, yeah, they, could... they had a little bit of money at one point, didn't they? Yeah, I think, and I think I'm sure like you used to start it, and they only had like three players registered, something like that, and you could basically build the, the whole team. Yeah. It was something mad like that. I used to enjoy playing as them, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it then, Dan. I mean, we've, we've covered everything for this week. Um, thanks once again for joining me. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks once again to the London bunch for their support this season. Always appreciated. As I mentioned, we're not going to be doing a full preview of the Burton game because you haven't got time to fit it in before the, the match. Uh, we will be doing one ahead of the Reading game uh, next weekend, which I think we all agree is a, a pretty big one as well. And uh, yeah, that's it really. Other than that, only thing less to say is uh, up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.